The following is a hoop ball presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Oh man. Oh man, people, do we have a show for you today? Oh, good day to you all. A happy Friday. This is Fantasy NBA Today, a hoop ball presentation. I am your host, Dan Bespris. You can follow me on Twitter at Dan Bespris. I think I've told you that before. I think I've told you that before. At D A N. B-E-S-B-R-I-S, or just Google search Dan from Hoopball. It's important. Please do follow me on Twitter. We do a lot of stuff on social media, including recruiting. By the way, big thank you again to all the DFS folks that have reached out over the last couple of days. I'll continue to put that recruiting call out there into the ether this weekend. If you are a big DFSer and you think you've got what it takes to jump over onto the pro side and do some podcasting and do some writing, and help people, help other people win at DFS in any sport, basketball, football, baseball, whatever you got, hit me up at Dan Vespers on Twitter or email teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. Today, by the way, is also officially last call for hoopball leagues. We did ultimately end up opening three leagues with folks from the wait list. But this is it, because we're running out of time now. The season starts 11 days from today, and these are slow drafts, so we can't really open up any more after this weekend. This is it. If you want to be in a hoop ball league, we have nine category roto and head-to-head. We have cash and free. The wait list is filling up, and if it hits 12 people for any one particular format, we will open a new league of that format. But this is it. If you don't send me a note over the next probably 24 to 36 hours, it's closed for the year. We can, however, continue to put you on the wait list. That would get you an email when we open them up for next season. So there is always a reason. Again, that's at Dan Bespris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S, or email teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. Hoopball, you can follow by the website, hoop-ball.com, or at hoopballfantasy on Twitter. Let me tell you what's coming up on today's show. That's going to get you all a Twitter. It's a weird expression to use now that Twitter is an actual thing. An old-timey expression. We have two of the biggest names. Not one. Two of the biggest names in fantasy sports, arguably ever. One of them uh, more of a long-time, a legend of the game. The other, slightly newer, of this decade, and one of the biggest names in fantasy podcasting. Yes, today we have Aaron Bruski and Josh Lloyd on the same podcast. Not together, back-to-back interviews that I do with each of them in what could be... I mean, this could be the biggest show that we ever do. In addition, I get a sleeper out of Brew and two out of Josh. So three sleepers on today's show. We're breaking down mock draft results with Josh Lloyd... We're breaking down uh, a little more Brewski 150 with Aaron. That's where the sleeper comes from. We're breaking down some season win totals with Aaron. Some stuff we've got going on on that front. Uh, announcement on the Brews letter, which we told you about yesterday. Uh, just a 
I mean, again, just, just an absolute whopper of a show. Before we dive into any of that stuff, I want to remind all of you guys that the Brewski 150 can be acquired. It can be yours for the low, low price of $4.99 a month. $4.99 a month in the Fantasy Pass. That is over at hoop-ball.com. Please do go get yourself a Fantasy Pass. It's amazing. It's got the B-150, the Draft Guide, the DFS Pass, which dropped today. They have our preseason stuff going now. Officially, uh, it's it's rolling. And all in-season tools here at hoop-ball.com. That's all in the Fantasy Pass for $4.99. As I said yesterday, just skip one order in. Cook yourself a dinner instead of ordering in just one time, and you can afford that fantasy pass for the entire NBA season. But I don't want to make you guys wait. This is not a day for waiting. Here we go. He's back two weeks in a row, man. This is the most frequent we have podcasted together since uh, the aughts, I think. I think it's been that long. So I, I, I have to say hello the only way I know. Hi. Arv, arv. <laughs> hello dan Besperus. how the hell are you um boy we're we're having a banner banner day in the Besperus household you know just discovering fun things about infants uh how are you big dog it's nice to talk to you for a couple weeks in a row here you know uh first of all i gotta say thank you to everybody out there um you know those there's there's moments in uh, movies when like there was one in uh, the the social network when they like like hit a certain mark uh, with their their customer base and we're like having those moments over here and uh, so it's pretty fun and 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 with it comes like a lot of different challenges uh, you know customer management things like that so uh, yeah it's crazy. It's crazy right now. Um, so there's the business side of this, and now we're just getting into basically preseason. And the news is, like, ready to tip. I think the next two weeks are going to be something we haven't ever seen um, in terms of news, in terms of adjusting ranks, adjusting um, you know projections, being ready for drafts, being in drafts. Um, I'm in a ton of drafts right now. <laughs> so draft management is, is, is a thing, you know, it's, it's, it's a thing that you got to be good at. Um, so it's just a lot right now. And, uh, you know, both of us have small children. So <laughs> yeah, it's been, a, it's been a, it's been an interesting year for small children. Also, this is the ki- type of year where, you know, we're like that halftime act where they've got the nine or the like 25 plates all balancing on the end of a stick. That's, that's fantasy analysts at large right now, trying to get everything in line leading up to the season. By the way, uh, he is Aaron Bruski. He is El Arquitecto, the founder of HoopBall, hoop-ball.com. We have three things on the docket today for this, and, and we're going to try to do each of them in six minutes and 40 seconds, and we're going to fail spectacularly. Each. <laughs> spectacularly. Each. Yeah, each. Good luck to us on that. I don't think we've ever done a thing you and I talking on a show in less Quick, than like 22 minutes. let me tell you minutes. my thoughts on BBC America. <laughs> Did we talk about that last time? The fact that you now do all your work to a muted BBC America in the background? Dude, I, I think we did. The, the, yeah, we did. And I took us off track with that last yeah. time that we talked. Judge you, Dredd. You almost, oh, oh, Judge Dredd. That's, that's a quality film. Stallone and Rob Schneider. You, BBC America, get on it. It's it's weird. It's just awesome. like a weirdly different movie, but they'll show it like twice in a row. 
and then they'll do some other movie twice in a row. I and then they come know. back to that other movie. So if you watch it on mute and you don't watch it, it's great. Like I pick up little pieces. Like I'm kind of up to speed on Judge Dredd. <laughs> As well you should be. That's the quality 90s action programming. Um Two completely mismatched. Rob Schneider's in oh, it. He, yeah, he Rob Schneider. He plays a hero at the end. And Armand Asante. You guys, but he's the hero at the Armand end. Armand Asante is in that movie. Armand Asante. You know who's also in it is um, Diane Lane is in it. As, oh, as, as yeah. The actress, as I forgot the about that. I totally forgot about that. Yeah, you guys all need so to go watch She Judge brings Red. a gravitas to the film that Stallone <laughs> can't keep up with. <laughs> that is really... You know, you were talking Stallone about Stallone is is at his peak roids. You know, like he is he is like veins bulging out of his neck that have their own zip code. Yeah. It's, well, you had to be if you're going to be the law. And as we all know, he was the law in that film. He he was also very ill tempered. Like he just <laughs> he, really he was, was not. If you were to be giving somebody like that kind of power, don't give it to him. He no. can't handle it. He just started blowing people up left and right, no reason. Yeah, he seemed a bit imbalanced, but that was that was his that was his thing. Oh, that was, uh, by the way, if you heard something crashing in the background, that was my wife dropping a phone. <laughs> That's what's happening around here right now. Things are just crashing. Our pets' heads are falling off. But okay, first of all, you can follow Aaron on Twitter, at Aaron Bruski, B-R-U-S-K-I. I actually have four things now that I thought about a fourth one, but this is a quick one. Uh, we unveiled earlier this week the return of the bruise letter. So uh, how are your fingers, man? You ready for a little... Uh, what is it? What did you have last year? It was like seven, eight thousand word email blasts every once in a while. That was um, that almost that almost broke you. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, I'm not a young man anymore, so I, I'm gonna look for ways to to cut that down. Um, you know, what I always like doing. Uh, I started this at Roto World and kept it going through here. Is just like on a Wednesday night, and there's 13 games. I was gonna break down all of them and. It turned into might as well just break down the whole league while I'm at it, um, you know, from a fantasy perspective. Uh, last year, we did a lot of stuff with reality basketball, had a little space there for just like whatever I wanted to talk about uh, on day to day life. Um, did some Kings coverage. I'm going to probably scale back the Kings coverage this year. Um, I say that with a question mark just because like, you know, there are other interesting teams I probably would would prefer to give my time to um but they're always such a you know bleep show that uh, it's possible i get sucked back in yeah rubber it, it really, rubbernecking's fun man rubbernecking is fun sometimes but just... that's what you know what rubbernecking has been like kings fans have been like prepping for 2020 for like all of the 2000s <laughs> <laughs> Oops. they they have been going through it and you know being somebody that's covered them through a lot of that um they are, you know, going through this, they go through this like mental emotional thing because it's always dysfunctional. They always do the stupidest thing that you could pick. And they constantly are trying to talk themselves into that this is a good idea. And so they're getting torn back and forth, you know, between the, the different things. Now they obviously got a new GM and, um, you know, we'll see if, 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 you know, ownership can, can sort of get out of their way and let them do their thing, which has been one of the key issues there. But we'll talk some Kings. We'll talk, uh, it'll be very fantasy specific. I think this year, uh, just because 8,000 words takes a lot, man. Yeah. It's, it, it really is. And you know, it's, it's, you, you don't really see a lot of 8,000 word, anything these days. Fantasy owners though, you know, it's like, 
if you're if you're trying to get caught up to date on the entire league and you just you know what I've always done with all of my fantasy sports is like I've, I've always wanted to find the best analysts in a given sport you know for football it's Evan Silva I always say that um, and I just want to read everything they write you know like and Evan would always do his breakdown columns on Thursdays uh, before the Sunday games and he basically <laughs> did what I was doing and just these big behemoth articles. But you you read every word because you needed to know what those matchups were. You needed to get that intel. Well, so it, it works like, in fantasy. Yeah, and it, and, it doesn't know, I, work in most things. I don't I don't want you to get a swollen head or anything here, but it's important to hear what the most important people in a field are saying about guys. Your your word carries weight. And that's the nicest thing I'm gonna say to you on a podcast ever. So don't get too used to it. By the way, uh, th- we, we... Why, why are you so defensive here? <laughs> I will not. So I will not be vulnerable for everyone to hear. Uh, the the Bitly link I was made fun of for calling it BitLY because I'm a very old man. The Bitly link is Bitly uh, slash Bruise Letter 2021, but it's not spelled like your last name. It's B R E U S, like newsletter, but with B R on the front. So Bitly slash Bruise Letter 2021. You can sign up there. The only place that you can get this is this is effectively like the Brewski breakdown for a new generation. It's the only place you can get it uh, is on that email list. So sign up for the Hoopball email list. We'll also have some other stuff that gets fired your way over the course of the calendar year, uh, and so that's kind of exciting. But I don't want to spend too much time on that. I can hype the Bruce letter. I wanted to just get your quick thoughts on it. The three main things I brought you on today was one. A uh, quick B-150 update for those that, that listened to us talk about it last week, kind of the methodology, what you what you do to build it. Now we're at a point, like you said, where you're starting to take uh, information and adjust to the B-150. So how do you tweak that between now and the run-up to the season? Because nothing is static in the NBA, as we've seen uh, in a big way over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, it's it's a... It's an undertaking. It's it's got um, you know probably about like ten different axes that it operates on. Um, some of it is confidence, like uh, you you go into the preseason with your sets of expectations, and you just start to to see little nibbles at something you thought. Um, it might uh, help your case. It might hurt your case. The case that you're making in in your, in your projections and your outcomes. So, I mean, you, you get into this, and especially this year, it's just this condensed, oh, what are we, 13 days away from? Oh, yeah, by the way, right? pulling 13? back the curtain, you guys will hear this 11 days from the start of the season. Oh We're recording God. at 13 before, I, yeah. I, I've, I just, you know, a lot of this, Dan, you do this, I know you do this. You told me last night you do this, or maybe today. It's like, you just put the <laughs> blinders on, Oh yeah, and you kind of you just block everything else out. One thing at a time. Because, I can't do two things at yeah, the same time. In, in, when, in the case of B-150, it's just like I have my process. I go through that process. The news comes in. It enters that process. On the outside, you know, and the, the next step is, is basically the adjustments. And there is all sorts of noise. There's your own drafts. There's, you know, um, running a company. You know, there's, there's life stuff that's going on. Luckily, I got a lot of that stuff figured out. So I'm efficient with all of this. And that's what happens after a decade. But um, it's crazy. And usually this will all happen over like 20, 30 days. And, uh, 
you know, so as this stuff happens, there's, there's a confidence aspect to it. There's this like a hardcore breaking news aspect to it. There's individual level projections that are going to change based on different circumstances. So you're going to see some movement and you're going to see, um, you know, as, as we go here, it's, it's going to be buckle up time. You know, there's a lot of different situations around the league where I'll, I'll be honest. I don't know where they're going to spin. I need one or two or three more pieces of information. And that's before we even talk about like film, like we can sit here and look at film, you know, for preseason game. And I can look at somebody and I go, okay, you know, that person is either completely out of shape or they did get the proverbial 15 pounds of muscle and this is going to impact their play. So all that stuff, man, it's all going down. And I just cannot believe that it's 13 days away from opening night, which means that, you know, preseason is happening in what, seven days uh, like, over the course two. of seven days. Yeah. It'll actually, by the time people are listening to this pod, the preseason will be starting today. This is airing Friday. The preseason and the preseason start- will be weird too because yeah, because half the people are going to want to get tested. guys out on the floor, but they're also not going to want to hurt them. You're going to see a lot of first week action that sucks in this league. Yes, you are because they're not in shape. Continuity, right. continuity is a good thing to look at if we're going to get into betting. We're not on today's oh, show, but oh. we will. Uh, uh, well, even for fantasy, it's a big deal. And I've yeah. built a lot of that into a lot of different assumptions. So you're going to see, uh, I think more movement in the B one fifty throughout the next say seven, eight days that you would typically see in a B one fifty over the same time period. Uh, but that's what I knew this was going to be the case as we started. And, um, you know, it's, it, we're going to, I haven't seen it kind of prove itself because we literally got to start those preseason games but it's i think these this next week is just going to be wild that leads me to two things and then we'll move to our second topic thing number one keep checking your b150 if you have a subscription already uh when we tell you either on the podcast or uh, by twitter or whatever that there's been an update go look at it because there's a methodology to this you want to follow what brew is doing as guys get shifted up and down based on new information. And two, if you don't have it, the Fantasy Pass remains $4.99 a month. The Fantasy Pass has the Brewski 150, the Draft Guide, the DFS Pass, and all in-season tools. That's all over at hoop-ball.com. Second thing for us to talk about, Brew, in our quick hit today. We're going lightning round as best I can, and this is a challenge. I, I virtually slap you across the face with my glove. We're throwing it down, man. Season gasp. win totals. Yeah, gasp. Clutch your pearls, sir. Or madam. Oh, I don't I know. Who clutches, who clutches pearls? Clutch your pearls, madam. Uh, it's going down, I can man. I clutch my pearls if I want to. Yeah. I actually have no problem with that. Clutch away. Uh, we're, we're going head-to-head this year. Season win total bets in the NBA. You ready? This is the first Bring thing it. that's intimidated me in a while, Dan. <laughs> I'm, I'm petrified. But you know I'm just going to joke about it at the end, whether I win or lose. That's the Dan Bespris anti-poop-talking method. I don't like... Yeah, well, you know, actually, I, I was going to say I don't like that. Um, to each their own. It's probably better. Because I, I need less people to talk trash with right now. <laughs> <laughs> i've never talked to trash i don't think i've ever talked trash like, in my life like i got i got i got a, i got a, a guy in my uh one of my high stakes leagues a little bit of a high profile guy right now just talking trash like it's nobody's business and and 
I swear, I beat that guy every year. Like every year I beat that guy. And, and he owes me money from the last bet he made that I beat him on. And, and so my big point is I just I need less people talking trash in my life. Well, fear not. So thank you, Dan. Because I don't. Um, I, I prefer I go the psychological warfare route where instead of getting right up in people's oh, yeah, faces. <laughs> yeah, I, I try to I try to mess with their way they think about things. That's my move. It's very subtle. Uh, oh, I like people to the puppet master. Yeah, I, love. <laughs> I like people to feel bad when they beat me and pitiful when they lose to me. That's my move. Is try to make it's you like, feel bad either I, way. I, I beat you, and then like I I, I question my career. <laughs> that's my I I that's my move. Uh, I so, so bad. I, I I guess what I should do is also tell people what I'm talking about every year, and this is generally playful, but we're gonna we're gonna have some fun with it. Uh, Brew and I put out season win total predictions on the NBA. This is betting side for all 30 teams. Now, don't bet all 30 teams. Don't bet them all. But we have uh, but basically... You win. Yeah, actually, that's true. Because uh, sometimes I have a really confident but, but yeah, play. But I don't lose do it. it. Don't and do also, it. listen to Dan on everything he says here. Don't listen to me. He's that's number not one true. number two. That's not true, though. We've both been very good at these. Because, I mean... Yeah, better but or you're, like, really good. I'm, I'm just like going in there like I'm, 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 you know, I can run a four, whatever, 40 and I, I you know, I can like, like, you know, run through people, but I have no moves. Like, I got, nah, you I, know, I, basketball I need to be taught things. I'm a, I'm a raw rookie, but that's the beauty of season win totals is, is like, you don't need to know every intricate detail of how sports betting works. All you need to be able to do is see basketball and kind of understand what a storyline is about a team and whether or not it matches reality. So what we're going to do, Brew, for the first time ever, you and I are putting out a joint written piece that'll probably be coming next week, if I had to guess. Does that sound right? I think so. We're waiting yeah. on a couple things, but uh, yeah, we'll go that. We'll go with next week sometime. So that'll be coming out at some point next week. It'll have our leans on all 30 season NBA win totals. If you want the actual plays, the ones that Brew and I are actually betting. Well, well nobody has them up. Right, that's, the, that's the one of the circa, big problems here. Uh, we've both been using lines from the Circa, which were given to me by a uh, friend of the program, Gil Alexander. Like, you know, my bookie doesn't have them up yet, but if you can find them, you can Neither go bet them. Bovada. I, I'm sure they're up somewhere, but I can't find them, and I don't have time to look. Yeah, and I don't want to have, like, nine different accounts open. It's good to have a few looking for the best line, but, you know, you got to have a pretty damn big bankroll if you're going to split it across, like, 10 to 15 different online sports books or something like that. But it's going to be great. We're putting out a joint article. Leans on all 30 teams. Our actual top plays will be part of the Wager Pass and HoopBall 360 packages. You can also check those out at hoop-ball.com. But, Brew, Why don't you tell them how much you want on these things? You're going down, Brew. You're going down. I think I'm like... Seriously, like, like listeners, Dan... Dan... I, I have my record. And it's, I, I, I think you're beating like me, aren't you? 48 and 29 the year before last. Oh, is that in On all you. NBA plays or or just totals? That was just the win totals. Is that how many years is that? Forty eight, twenty nine. That that's... was just uh, that was units. Oh, uh, six, okay. Sixteen and eight. But that's like that's basically what I did. I just made picks on all thirty, and I think I went twenty and ten one year, and nineteen and eleven the next. And then this last year was, you know, didn't count. I'm pretty upset about it because. My Oklahoma City and Toronto Raptors wagers were the easiest bets I think I've made in my life. Uh, but here's the thing. I actually think we're both quite good at this. We're going to be taking shots at one another and playfully. Uh, and I think people can learn a ton. And I hope that it 
teaches people about betting and season win totals, and we're just going to have a blast. And so keep an Put eye out for the that. listeners like this. Dan, Dan sent me a sample of what he wrote because I was like, hey, we're going to just do a little thing here, right? And this thing was like one of the best things I ever read. Oh, well, <laughs> so that's not like, oversell. And I'm, not, I'm no poet. I was, like, F, I was like, F you, Dan. Now I got to write good? Okay. Yeah. Or well, <laughs> I'm a writer. Don't correct and, yourself. That was perfect. Because <laughs> I went to a I went to a school for kids who write good or something. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. Oh um, man, well this is gonna be so much fun though. This is like this is but, a, but this is a big moment. Learning like you're gonna get. I mean, like honestly, I'm get, we're giving away stuff like on the premium side based on how we write about these things. But it's like it's it's how you know whether a team or even players are going to do well. And there's a ton of stuff there. So. Highly recommend you check it out. I wonder how many words we're going to get when we roll our stuff together. That's going to be a pretty good beefer, isn't it? I, I was at like two twenty-five or 3,000. How do you find that out quickly? Can I do that while we're on air? What's the Where's the tool in Microsoft Word to find that? Uh, it's right at the bottom of the page. Oh. Yeah. No, that can't be right. 6,900? Did yeah, I really mine, do 6,900? Mine says, go to bed, you crazy mf'er. Did like, I really? No, I didn't write 6,900 words, did I? That was dumb. Why did I spend so much time on that? <laughs> See much. how it happens? That's too much, that's too much writing. <laughs> you gotta you gotta talk to Steve Alexander over at Roto World about the length of my articles and, and, and the fights we would have about that. <laughs> and I don't know if you've you've heard. He texted me the other night. He's like, dude, you gotta hear this. He was t- sleep, he was talking in his sleep, and his wife recorded it. So they opened their pod with that. He was oh. literally talking about draft picks in his sleep. <laughs> had to, it had to be Luca. If it's if it's Steve, it right? wasn't Luca, but it was like he he started to, he was talking about it. he's like I, I was um, you know we we're dreaming about me and Ryan having a a draft that nobody showed up to and it was just the two of us <laughs> he said something in this he's like two man draft two man draft two man draft. <laughs> that's outstanding so, oh I man don't, I don't this is how we can't go fifteen minutes I, you you signed me up for these fifteen minute segments I said twenty I'm pretty sure you're you're doing this. To, to hold me down. I think I said 20 today, and we're actually like right around the 20 minute mark. Right, what, so, so, this is how I get out of not giving out a sleeper. Nope, nope, can't do it. I promised last week that I was going to berate you until you gave one out. It's a tradition as old as time. Berate me, Dan. All right, Brew, I need one. Give me something. Give That's me not something. insulting enough, Dan. Oh, all right. Well, I'm just going to. Well, I didn't say I was going to belittle you. I just said oh, I was going to yell at you. Okay. Gotcha. Come on. I got, the, I got the two mixed up. You're a, you're, you're a real butthead, Brew. Please, please give us a, a juicy one. Give us, give us one. Every year we do this. It's like the week and, week and a half, two weeks before the season starts. You're on the pod, and I yell at you until you give out something juicy from the B150. Well, this is why we were, aside from the landscaper that was about to threaten this podcast. Yeah, they went away. Uh, that was nice. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're quick workers. They, they, <laughs> they love it. We don't have grass. <laughs> <laughs> what were they mowing? Sorry, go ahead. They literally mow the dirt. Not kidding. Because <laughs> we were too, not, uh, some combination of things not to fix the water system. And we were like, it'll rain at some point. Anyway, I digress. Um, this one's tough, man. Because there's like, I don't know, 20 candidates for the hp6 which we're probably going to rework um just to maybe add a couple players i don't know we'll decide that in a couple days <laughs> i was about to say weeks days um so there's a lot man there's a lot there's there's i want to say like mm, five to ten half round or probably half draft jumpers wow yeah it's crazy so you're like okay who am i gonna give away and 
I gotta be judicious. Gotta be a good one, but you gotta be judicious. What's it gonna be, yeah, man? Yeah, yeah. So I wanted somebody who has a shot at the HB6, but is not hello email notification is not um just like blowing it out of the water. I mean, there's a couple that are just like, whoa, they're not being drafted. I want, ju- them. I want juicy, man. Top 75. Give, me, give me that filet. Give me that filet, man. I'm not giving don't, you that filet. Don't hold out. Give me the damn one. I'm giving you Burger King. <laughs> give me a porterhouse at least. Uh, no, no, actually, this is, this is, well, here's a, this is these picks that, that this player kind of exemplifies. Oh, I like this. You're dancing around it. This is good. Yeah, of course. Coy. These picks that, so that ex, you know that sort of exemplify one of the the higher level challenges of drafts is like okay we all know about this guy, right? So can we not only get the player, but beat the hype, and still have value? Ooh. So that was Bam out of bio last year. Everybody knew about him, but nobody wanted to climb quite as high as us because they lack huevos. And, (laughs) but that's, you know, that's the name of this game because if, you know, we talk about players that are, that are, you know, hyped up all day long. Um, so I picked Jeremy Grant and he's, a lot of people saw what Detroit did this off season and they are just like, you know, what are they doing? This seems going to be terrible. And you look at that roster and it's just this collection of misfit toys, you know, all over it. Um, we used to refer you know, Mason, to ourselves as that in our Bakersfield Blaze staff. We we called ourselves the misfit toys. But I mean, did you just like well, s- just, quietly slip in the name there in the middle of a longer sentence? You did, didn't you? Who were we even talking about? I don't even know. I lost track. Point, point is, is, is like, I don't think people realize how good Jeremy Grant is. Like, I think that they didn't watch... Oh. Oh, which is where gaming and gambling, you know, come like we watch every single game in the bubble. Jeremy, you know. Yeah. Oh, did it cut out? It's Jeremy. No, it's, it didn't cut out. You were just like you were just so so calm about it. You're just so calm. Oh. It's like, yeah, I don't think people know enough about Jeremy. This is you got to come on, man. Make a stink. I'm making, I'm making a stink, man. He's right, good. He's good. Like he, so there were times in the playoffs when Denver needed a bucket. And Jokic couldn't do it. Murray couldn't do it. And then they would turn to Jeremy freaking Grant. And you're sitting there thinking, you know, you watched him play all year long and you're like, okay, you know, he's definitely good. And we've been on Jeremy Grant forever. You know, he's, he's been, I think in the, he's definitely been a, a high B 150 guy in the past. The, but he, he turned in some buckets where he had extremely good defense played against him, and he took shots that you were not taking unless you were supremely confident, your teammates had confidence in you, and the fact of the matter was was that they needed them. So for him to go out there and take the kind of st- – I mean, we're talking like off the dribble, six dribbles, you know, offhand, contested jump shot that's tough. And he's taking them like, whoa, man. Okay, so you do think you are, you know, at least a number two or a number three option on offense. And and when he was making those shots, I said he was gone. I knew I knew Denver couldn't afford him anymore. And they could, aside from not being able to afford him, they also couldn't give him the shots that he needed. So when he goes to Detroit and they have what 
is just this collection of, you know, a lot of low usage guys. You know, you, you got unproven guys. You got guys that are going to defer. And they sold him on this this idea that you are going to be the primary scorer on offense. And yeah, they got you know, Derek Rose and, and things like that. But like, you know, there are not enough shots for him to go overboard for on, on that team. So he's going to go basically fully flex and, and, you know, he will, despite the fact that everybody knows about the big contract and they know that he's going to be more valuable this year than in previous years, he's not going early. His ADP is in like, I think it's a hundred nineties. It's a hundred on Yahoo right now, 101. Um, and Yahoo's season projections have him at 95, I believe, which, yeah, he'll, 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 he's like, I, I would bet the house, I mean, barring like some weird ass injury that doesn't count, you know, like he will exceed that number no mm. matter what, like guaranteed. Mm. I mean, and then it's not even close. So it's basically just like a guaranteed profit. If you pick him before 100 or you pick him before 90, eight or nine cat. It's kind really of nice matter. too to know that Yahoo actually doesn't like when I do my ADP versus projection analysis with yahoo you can usually tell what direction a guy's adp is going to move based on yahoo's pre-ranks because you get the early stuff from the diehards and then it moves towards yahoo's number uh his number is 95 his adp is 101 so it doesn't seem like it's going that far it and we got a short ramp here so like (laughs) we have 11 days (laughs) <laughs> it's crazy it's absolutely it's just, out of this world like we're like seriously like i didn't even have to berate you freaking, that much i don't think anybody can move in their adp anymore like we're at the time where like everybody's so scrambled up with what their their beliefs are they're you know like i don't i just don't think the market can move fast enough hmm. to really react and respond and that's why when everything sort of kind of came down the pipeline and they said december 22nd was a season start date aside from like a big old like deep 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 breath uh i was like this is great like just keep piling on the the degrees of difficulty yeah you got the the two hands thing where you're like well i'm gonna be dead at the end of this stretch but i'm also gonna win a lot of stuff so win that's a positive yeah so like i mean you're asking me for a sleeper and i'm like i mean sleeper is a term that you know we probably gotta figure out as a Get rid of it, industry. But nobody's but. nobody's on board with my petition to remove sleeper from the nomenclature. So I've just, I've just, you just bought in. I it just in. bought in. I just gave up. I quit. <laughs> I quit on it. Uh, Bro, I'm 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 sending you away now because I'm well over the twenty minutes. I promise. I think we're at like uh, thirty two or something like that. You got us a sleeper. I didn't have to berate you that much. Uh, heads up for the bruise letter later this month, likely a heads up for our joint season win total article heads up for the brewski 150 update. He is at Aaron brewski on Twitter, the big dog himself. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah. Bark his way out later, dude. The great Aaron brewski. Well, that was fun. And we are only half done here on fantasy NBA for this Incredible weekend episode. I uh, want to remind every, uh, all of you guys, we, you know, Brew and I talked about season win totals. All of our sports betting is brought to you by mybookie.ag. Mybookie.ag. You bet, you win, they pay. I have done the cashing out procedure with them. That's one of the big questions I get from folks that are like, should I use this website? It's super easy. I got my money in three days. I know that sounds like, a, a, to folks that haven't done this before, they're like, three days, I got to wait. It used to be like, 
you had to make photocopies of three types of ID and mail mail it to some weird offshore location in the Caribbean. Yeah, it's not like that anymore. Uh, you can get it out by e-check in a week. You can get it out by Bitcoin in two days. And Bitcoin, by the way, I'm learning a bit about it. It's quite simple. Anyway, mybookie.ag. Sign up for an account today with promo code HOOPBALL. So that way you get all the goodies attached to it. We'll have odds boost stuff we talk about here on this podcast. And our HOOPBALL gaming guys are just rumbling along. And then Brew and I, obviously, we're going to dive in here as NBA gets going. So this is going to be a lot of fun. Join us over at mybookie.ag. DM me on Twitter. I may have a promo for you when you're getting started. That's outside the realm of what they do offer on that website. So again, that's mybookie.ag. Promo code is HOOPBALL. Interview number two. You shan't wait another moment. Here's Josh Lloyd. These visits are always among my favorites because this is the man. This is the man who has the fantasy podcast, the one that we all sort of, I mean, frankly, we aspire to be. So this is, these are always cool ones for me. The great Josh Lloyd, Red Rock underscore B-Ball on Twitter, back for our preseason chat. Josh, what's going on, man? Hey, Dan, how are you? You're the, you're the pod man. You're the pod man. That was me in the sports betting world 11 years ago, and that's you in the fantasy world. I've never asked you this before. What does it feel like to kind of be the fantasy basketball pioneer, the guy who kind of like broke it through where it became a much more mainstream thing to do? Uh, I don't really ever think of myself that way. I don't. I, I appreciate you saying that, but I don't, I don't really ever think that. I don't ever see myself as being someone who broke anything through. I just try and get out here and you know do something that's entertaining information or informative and uh and educational and i don't know i just i just try and do the best that i can and and people seem to enjoy it but i, I never think of myself that way that's uh it's the first i've ever heard uh, someone reference me that way so i appreciate it well no it's i mean it's my pleasure because i feel like i'm i'm kind of following in your footsteps a little bit or at least trying to it's I don't know. There, there are a lot of basketball and fantasy basketball podcasts that are out there. And I feel like maybe I'm wrong about this, but I, I feel like one of the things that you did that I've also tried to do is just outlast on the attrition side. Like you did seven shows a week for a long time. A lot of shows just taper off after a few weeks because it's not easy to do a show every day. No, it's not. I've uh, I've ticked over 2000 total episodes the other day. So, yeah, I've been oh doing my a God. fair bit. <laughs> That's a lot of episodes. It, it is, yeah. It's it's a lot. So we're like, you know, this is the eighth season of the of the podcast, and we're yeah, two thousand episodes deep. Um, but you're right, like just trying to be consistent and try and provide, uh, your well thought out and sometimes entertaining information. But you're doing it on a consistent basis, so people know that, that it's that it's there, and it's uh, yeah, people seem to enjoy it. Do you have the first few episodes you've done? Have you listened back to them recently? I, I do not. I do not have any. I, I regularly delete episodes yeah. off my hard drive. I'm with uh, you on that too. If there's 2,000 of them, there's not enough space to keep all that stuff there. So no, <laughs> I, I don't have those episodes. I don't even think they exist anywhere. I finally did that myself like uh, earlier this year. Not that I even really needed the hard drive space, but I was looking at some some shows I did and, and this show is only four years old. So I'm, I'm halfway uh, between zero and you. And it was... It was weird. I felt like I sounded like a little kid, which doesn't make a ton of sense because it's not like, I mean, how much does a person change between, what am I, what was I then, 33 and 37? It shouldn't shouldn't be that different. I just, I don't know, something about life, fantasy, children has, has grizzled me. I, I, it was really funny to listen back to and also a tiny bit embarrassing. And uh, I think you're wise to have deleted yours. But anyway, uh, we've got a mock draft to go over. 
I tried my hand at running a video mock, and um, it was not a complete disaster. It wasn't. It was imperfect, uh, but you know, nothing completely exploded. You were picked on during the draft, but not for any of your picks, but for being so laser focused. Uh, but I think you had your mic off, huh? I, I did. I because I had my little puppy in here, and he was barking like a real little prick, and it was just would have taken everyone's attention. I so I had to like turn off mic and yell at him and, and try and get him to settle down. He's in in here with me now, and he's being a lot more calm. But in that mock, he was just uh, he was barking a lot, and, I, and you, no one needed a little doggy yapping in everyone's ear. I don't know. It's kind of like I know that you're. By the way, I said this off air, but I'm very jealous that you're in a country that's not being obliterated by covid right now but it does sort of feel like it gives that same feeling i think if everybody's mic was on the whole time we would have heard like children i know jonas actually couldn't do the video side of that mock because he had two kids that were climbing all over him during the thing and uh, frankly if we make it through this pod hit without my kid coming blasting in the bedroom that'll also be a colossal victory but uh, the chat room really seemed to enjoy it. There were a few guys in there that were like, Josh is going to dominate you guys. He's laser focused right now. And you're like, no, by the way, spoiler alert, it's because my puppy was yelling at me. Uh, let's yes, start in the first round. Exactly. Had, sorry, I didn't, I didn't mean to digress on That's puppies. Uh, pick number five. You had the five slot, which I think is a, actually, and this is a nine-cat roto draft, by the way. Five slot uh, is a, a pretty good spot to be this year, isn't it? Because... Like it seems like some guys that are maybe a little less tailored for nine are are going ultra early, and even without them, you know you've got your pick in in that range of someone like a Steph or a Dame or a Jokic if you wanted to go that direction as well. Uh, not a bad spot to be, and you also get a slightly better second rounder coming back. Yeah, look, I, I enjoy that spot. I think in a in a head to head league, uh, I think there is a clear top five. Then there's a next four, in my opinion. Um, in a, a nine cat roto, it, it does probably or in a roto league in general i probably look at it the other way and go there's probably a top four that then at the next five after that so i was probably just outside the area i wanted to be but one of my top four fell to number five so uh, i think it's a win i'm guessing based on the names that went in front of you the guy that went before you that you would have had behind you is that dame yeah yeah i had him just at, at the top of that next tier yeah. so he would he would have five or six but yeah, I had Steph pretty clearly in that in that top tier. So getting him at five, when I, yeah, in a row, I've probably got yeah a four a four person top tier. Uh, I was, it's it's a, it's a good start. It's a good win. I gotta say, man, I you know I'm kind of scanning your team, and six of your or five of your first six picks could very easily be a Dan Bespris old man type of team. And so this is gonna make it a relatively simple discussion we're having today. I love Steph. Uh, are you at all worried that the Warriors? I mean, obviously, the Clay Thompson thing kind of takes him out a little bit, but I get the feeling they want to run their guys this year. Is there anything about Steph and the Warriors that worries you? Not really. Like, I, I agree with you. I think they're going to be pushing pretty hard here because, yeah, Clay injury is, is obviously not great. But they look, Steph's 32. Like, they know that they don't have a huge amount of time left for you know, to, to maximize what he does. Um, yeah, Draymond's thirty plus. We're not talking about you know, Well, we'll just do it you know, for the next five years after this. Like it's, it's this year, it's next year, maybe. And who knows if Clay's ever going to be? He probably isn't. But who knows if he's ever going to be Clay again? So that's yeah. They've, they've got to push that now. So I'm not really all that concerned about them. Yeah, you know, uh, we'll just take it easy. And yeah, you know, Draymond will you know be, become a part time worker for another season. I don't think any, don't think that's going to happen. So and I'm pretty confident they're going to be pushing Steph to a level that maybe they haven't actually pushed him before. 
I really like your second round pick as well. I'm honestly a little bit surprised that he is is ending up in this range, and that's Paul George, who you got at 20. Everything, the storyline, this is one of those times uh, where it feels like the perception and the story are running exactly against one another. This is a guy who's just been unilaterally panned since the playoffs, and he's... You know, he's made the news for a lot of wrong reasons. Not nothing, nothing like extraordinarily bad, but just sort of things the general public wouldn't want to see. Taking shots at a former coach, disappearing acts, things like hearing, even hearing about something like a uh, having issues in the bubble as real and as I think, I thought that was a good thing that came out. That makes people, I think, the perception of Paul George became worse. Uh, last year, he played the whole season banged up. And so he's falling into this this 20 range. But, you know, a nine cat on a per game last year, he was 20 in what seemed like a worst case scenario. So instead of saying, you know, how good could this be? I'm going to flip this question on its head and say, is there a world, Josh, where Paul George going at 20 doesn't work out, you know, outside of catastrophic injury? No, I, I can't say it. And this is one of my favorite trivia questions to ask people. I asked you know, Matt Smith on my show a couple of weeks ago, how many minutes a game did Paul George play last year, Dan? I'm guessing not as many as usual because he was like, like coming back from injury the whole time. 29.6. Oh, yeah, it's crazy low. And as you said, he was ranked 20th in 29 minutes a game. So I look, are you projecting him to play 29 minutes a game? I sh- I'm, I'm not. So give him three more minutes and then that... 20 rank is, is obliterated. So I, I am absolutely all in on him at maybe even the end of the first round, probably the start of the second round, but at 20, it's an absolute no-brainer to me. Yeah, I'm 100% with you. And I don't like this guy. I don't like, he annoys me unbelievably. I think he's really irritating. <laughs> yeah, I he, agree. He annoys me so much, but I don't, I don't care. If he's going to put up numbers, he's going to annoy me as much as he wants, as long as he does uh, does what he does last year, and then just give a couple of extra minutes, and then I think another win for me at that spot. Yeah, can you yell at my listeners to please stop drafting or not drafting players based on whether you like them or not? There's money on the line here. Oh, frustrates me so much. I, I do not care. I, I don't care if I if I like a player or man, he's just so fun. Or I hate this guy. Or he let me. Who cares? Like if he does it, if he does it to, if he does you good good things. I'm trying to I'm trying to put words out here. If he <laughs> does good things for you, I don't care how irritating this bloke can be or how much people don't like him or anything like that. Oh man, James Harden flops. Yeah, that's cool. He flops his way to being the number one player for five straight years. So I'll, I'll flop my way into having him as a number one player again. It doesn't worry me in the slightest. Yeah, exactly. Just don't watch the game if you don't want to see how he gets there. Look at the box score. It looks great exactly. at the end of it. Paul George, by the way, just to remind everybody, uh, in OKC the previous year, he played 77 out of 82 games, uh, averaged 37 minutes a game, if I'm reading that right. Is that possible the previous year? or is yeah. that in- That's he, a- He's not going to do that this year, but no. yes, he did average that like two years ago. Oh, my God. And he was the third player in nine cat that year third and he's going at 20 now because he played injured last year that's a that's a mind-boggling thing uh your third round pick at pick 29 is another guy uh so uh, tell me if you were surprised about this uh rudy gobert i didn't give the name i should that would make it easier to talk about the player i thought he was gonna fall farther than late 20s early 30s this year i thought people were pretty soured on him even though his season really wasn't that bad last year he was 33rd by averages he was far better than that by totals I don't know, something about his season and then the COVID stuff at the end. I thought he might be a guy who fell into the mid to late 30s, which would have made him an insane value. Where he is now, he feels like a pretty safe third-round pick. Yeah, now, in a second, I want to go back and talk to you about people not liking players because I've got got an extra thought. 
or, or, or narrative. But the Go Bear thing, you're right. And this is something where, you know, sites go out and they aggressively change their rankings, you know, when there's no reason to other than they're getting blasted for their rankings. And then they go, oh, man, where's my sleepers <laughs> gone? But then you've got to – you get your sleepers based on other people's opinions. Oh, Rudy Gobert, man, he, he can't even stay on the court in the playoffs. He's trash. He, the team hates him. They're going to trade him. Donovan Mitchell, he's worth $15 million Whatever, whatever nonsense goes out there. So people get, get down on him. And that is – a narrative and that playoff narrative. And same thing's going to happen in terms of Donovan Mitchell going too high, Jamal Murray perhaps going too high, TJ mm-hmm. Warren perhaps going too high, because those narrative things that get assigned to players, it really does impact their value. And you know, I needed some blocks on this team. We're talking Roto, so I need to be relatively competitive in each category. And yeah, look, Gobert is a bad free throw shooter, but Steph is great. Paul George is great, and they're good volume uh, free throw shooters. I'm just going to build that category up later. Gobert did his annual... Um, hey, I've really improved my free throw shooting in training camp, which literally don't ever believe until it happens. It happens, but yeah, I, I'm happy with him there. But what I what did want to talk to you, because another thing, it just came into my head and I want to get this off my chest. Yeah, hit him. About, about narratives and players. I did a, a show on, on points leagues a couple of weeks ago and I was saying like how the, the whole you know, points league scoring is really tailored towards people who score a lot of points, right? Because, you know, an average contribution in a points category in a fantasy league is like, you know, it's 16 points per game. An average steals is one steal per game. Yet the in a points league, it's one point per point and three points per steal, right? Those numbers are way off. Way so off. I said, look, if you want to actually make it even, let's let's make steals. Let's make them 15. Let's make them 14 points and let's see how that evens it up. And then someone said to me, yeah, yeah it's trash because then you'd have you know, Chris Paul averaging more than James Harden. And you don't want that. And I said, well, you know what's interesting about that is that narrative of Harden being a bad defender. He averaged more steals per game than Chris Paul last year. But because we, we have it drilled into a spot from YouTube videos that Harden's a trash defender and therefore Chris Paul's going to be unbelievable because steals are worth so much, you don't actually, look, you're not looking into the numbers by thinking that way. And I think that's really important to note is that narrative that's out there. Harden averaged almost two steals and one block per game, yet he's oh, the worst defender in the league. So I think that's really important to get that to understand what the numbers actually are versus the narratives around the players. Uh, I, I, that's it, Yeah, 100% agree. It's really, this is extraordinarily helpful uh, on the gambling side as well, where you're, you're, you know, you're taking a storyline that you know to be false. And with Harden, obviously he does have his issues in defensive effort yeah. at times, but he gets steals and he gets blocks. And from a fantasy standpoint, that's all that matters. 2.7 combined defensive stats for a shooting guard is massive. I don't care whether I don't care if you're the number one or number one hundred guy. That's a really big number, uh, and it's for guys across the board. You know, the we're like we were just talking about with with Rudy Gobert. Were you surprised he didn't fall farther? I thought he might fall farther than this this year. Uh, I reckon if I didn't take him here, he would have probably gone another six, seven picks wow. later. Uh, maybe even another ten. Um, I, I, I've seen him go. Yeah, in, in, I've seen him go in the forties in, in some drafts, which is obviously way way too low because. Gobert's just got a standard of what he does, and he's just going to do that. And I don't really see – he's not an upside guy, but he's not a downside guy either. Yeah, he's plug-and-play. Uh, your fourth-round pick, this this draft actually happened before the trade to Washington, so we can we can do a, a, a reboot and see if it changes anything, for better or worse, was Russell Westbrook at 44, who quietly didn't have nearly as bad a season last year as I think everybody wants to talk about. And this, is, this probably feeds into what you were saying as well. Uh, he got – picked on hard because in the playoffs his game gets exposed you need to be able to back somebody out to the three-point line and he couldn't the Lakers were just like all right fine shoot threes and you know he does and he doesn't draw iron half the time 
but last year in nine cat, he was right on this mark. He was 43. He sits back to backs now. And then he got traded to Washington back to Scotty Brooks. So, uh, do you think he goes higher? Does he go lower? How did you feel about getting him at 44? Give me the full Russell Westbrook treatment. Well, this mock was a few weeks ago, so I don't remember my exact thought at the time. But look, it's it's an absolute steal to me. Like his value is going up in Washington, I think, because he will get more assists. He'll probably get more rebounds. He'll get more uh, scoring opportunities. He'll have more of a chance to be the driver than he was in Houston. He still had yeah, huge usage in Houston, 34%, um, which in- interestingly was higher than his usage his last season in OKC, which I didn't know until I just hmm. looked at it. But again, another narrative guy, Westbrook, you can't draft him because he destroys your field goal percentage and free throws. Well, he was at 47 and 76 last year. And if that's destroyed, then then I, I don't know. Then I, I don't know what uh, what other players are doing because that is not even close to destroying your percentages. And the year before, yes, he was a 66% free throw guy and shot 43 from the field. But he just stopped shooting threes last year. And in the last two months of the year, I think 9% of his shots were from three. And therefore, his field goal percentage went up. And if he continues to do that, if he continues to learn that lesson and the free throws are fine, then he's not destroying your percentages. And maybe he does, but he literally didn't do that last year. And I think that, again, that's the narrative. Oh, Russ, you got to punt free throws. No, no, you don't. Because there was one year where it was bad and it's still not great, but that's not, it's not a terrible hole to be in. Yeah, that one year in OKC really, it, it, it gave the impression it was a mental thing more than anything. And like you said, he's, you know, he's not a world beater in free throw percent, but 76, 77 is a, is pretty different than 65 or 66. The uh, the big difference in value, certainly looking from OKC to Houston, was that he was kind of shooting more and rebounding and passing less. Does that, you think that flips back to sort of the old Russ now that he's in Washington under Scott Brooks again, and it's Bradley Beal as the, the other alpha instead of James Harden? Yeah, look, I think the rebounds and assists, especially the assists, will go up this year. I don't know if they're going back to triple-double level. I'm pretty sure they won't, but I can see his. Um, I can see that his um, yeah, rebounds and assists jumping up, even if he's scoring dips, because he averaged 27 a game last year. But I'm not sure I expect that fully, especially because the, the pace that the Rockets played at was pretty high, and we don't know if the Wizards will necessarily play at that that same pace. So that, that's a, a question mark there. But yeah, look, I'm I'm really happy to get him at that spot. Yeah, I got to think he's probably going to start getting drafted a little earlier than mid forties. I, I think the I, I assume the to. consent. Yeah, right. Isn't the consensus that he's going to be going to do more in Washington? I think so. Yeah, he'll go in the top. He'll go in the top twenty of pretty much every draft. I'm, I'm mm. guessing. Yeah, so that's a big leaper. Uh, your fifth round pick is very much an old man, Lamarcus Aldridge. Were you doing this just so that we could talk about it on the podcast? I assume you were. Uh, yeah, of course. That, that was always my thought. I've taken him a couple of mock drafts and people shit on it. Oh, man, what are you doing? Aldridge way too high. He should be in the 70s. I go, what are you guys talking 70s? about? I, I know he's 34 years of age, but again, he, the narrative that he didn't play in the bubble. So people don't have that idea in his head. And what, the, the Spurs aren't going to just sit him down. He's just going to look. He did drop off, but he still averaged, what, 18 and 8. I think he had a career high in blocks. He started taking more threes. I, look, in this area, again, this is an, a guy who the upside is probably limited, but. Is he ranked between 40 and 55 at the end of the year? Like, almost definitely. Yeah, it's a gimme. It's a tap-in. He was at nine. Yeah, like you said, he was 19 and, and 7 and some odd last year. 49% from the field, 83% at the free throw line. Big man that doesn't hurt you in free throw percent. Uh, 2.3 combined defensive stats last year. Even if there is a slight step back, he still can beat this mark. He was 27th 
in per game numbers uh, in pre-bubble action. And like you said, he didn't play in the bubble. This one, we don't need to talk about that much because everybody knows how much I love LaMarcus Aldridge. So let's keep going. Sixth round pick is another guy. And, and honestly, Josh, if you hadn't taken him here, I don't know when he would have gone. I, this one, this actually might be the player whose ADP surprised me more than anyone else in all of fantasy basketball this year. And it's a weird thing to say about a guy who's not really uh, a buzzy name or an anti-buzzy name, and that's Marcus Smart, whose his ADP is 82. 82. You got him, I lost track of where we were in, in counting here, you got him at 68, so by all accounts, he probably would have gone a little bit further. Uh, but looking at last year, you know, Marcus Smart was 62nd. 62. His ADP is 20 slots lower than where his per game number was last year in 9-cat on a team that lost Gordon Hayward and is going to be without Kemba Walker for who knows how many games this year. Please explain how that logic makes any sense. Now, you can't justify it. There's no way of justifying him being 20 spots worse than what he was last season. He played 32 minutes a night last year. Um and he only started two-thirds of the games. And in the 40 games that he started, he played 34 minutes a night. So let's, let's give him the 34 minutes a night. And he's going to play, I, I, from what I understand, from what I've heard, is that he's going to be the starting point guard when Kemba's out. It's not going to be Jeff Teague. It's going to be Marcus Smart. So there's your assist bump. Uh, usage bump, minutes bump. He gets steals like you know, nobody's business. He gets rebounds. It's, it's an absolute no-brainer to me at this spot. I, I think he's probably going to be a top 50 player this year, to be honest. And if you get him at 80, just, man, just, yeah, everyone else is asleep. Yeah, what? I, I I really want someone to explain why something like this happens. It's not like he had anything bad. There was no bad press for Marcus Smart. It's not like well, some of these other guys. Is. This is what it is, Dan. It's because people look at him and go, oh, my God, this guy's the worst shooter. God, he shoots so, so bad. And they go, well, he, therefore, he must be a bad fantasy player. But, again, two steals a game. Yeah, look, I'll, I'll take it. He, he hits two and a half threes a game. Absolutely. Like, that's where the value is. But the narrative is Marcus Smart, terrible offensive player. I have had many people tell me that Marcus Smart's one of the worst offensive players in the league. And like, you're just wrong. Like, it's just absolutely 100% wrong. This dude's an 84% free throw shooter as well. Um, there's plenty to like about Marcus Smart. I've loved him for fantasy for years. And he's been a top 100 guy you know, for three of the last four years, and it's about to go uh, higher than that this year, as he, I reckon, plays the most minutes in his career. Yeah, that one, that one, I cannot, I cannot mentally connect it. There's a, there's a, uh, a gap in my brain, and it, if he really does stick in that 80 some odd ADP range, which it seems like at this point he probably will, um, I, I don't, I don't get it. I'll probably end up with Marcus Smart on almost every damn team. Your seventh round pick, and I have to make sure I get the number right on this. This is at 77, is the rapidly improving Colin Sexton. I will admit, I dumped on this guy for a while, but in the second half last year, he turned an, he turned a corner. He was very good from, uh, not it was before the All-Star break, but about the last two and a half months or so of the season, he was more in that 60, 70, 80 range, and, and that's about where you got him this year. So I'm going to try to ask a... a a clever question, as opposed to just saying, tell me about Colin Sexton. Uh, where do you see his next potential step forward? I don't know if I do see another step forward. To be, to be honest, I don't really think this guy is a franchise piece or a great player moving forward. But the dude's averaging 20-plus points on you know really strong percentage numbers from the field and from the free throw line. He doesn't do anything else. He doesn't rebound. He doesn't hit threes in high volume. He doesn't get steals. He's blocked maybe what 
let's have a look. I reckon, I'm going to have a look at these numbers because they're <laughs> yeah. going to be funny. He's blocked yeah. 13 shots in his NBA career. Yeah. So he's not helping in uh, in that area. That's a shout out to Evan Fournier and, and his sort of production in that area. But <laughs> if you're getting at this round, whatever it is, round seven, a 20-point-per-game scorer on high efficiency, well, that's just perfect for Roto because you can't get that scoring anywhere else at this point in the draft. If he's... In, He's not going. He's not getting worse than three assists per game. I'll tell you that. So if he improves there, then, then that's a win. And everything else, it's is really only way to go is up from three rebounds, three assists, and one steal. And he was still like a top you know, eighty-five guy last year. So yeah, it's again, his ADP at one point. I don't know what it is now, but it was like a hundred and something. Like, are we expecting him to be significantly worse than last season. I, I don't think he's that good. I don't think he's. I think there's a real chance in two years' time, Kevin Porter's a better player than him, but not this year. And I'll take the numbers while they're here. Yeah, ADP of 86 right now on Colin Sexton. Yeah, so that's still, coming. Yep. It's, uh, it's on the move, but still relatively low. Uh, eighth round pick. That's now coming back in the eighth round is at 92. So there's a pretty good gap here between your two selections. And that's Markel Fultz. And I'm, I admit, this one I don't have a strong opinion on. Either way, I'm sort of... Uh, my, my, ver- my, my jury's out on Markel. Because if he takes a step forward, he is a starting point guard for an NBA team with... No real legitimate backup with DJ Augustine gone, so it's kind of his show to run for the most part on a Magic team that got a lot faster the second half last year. So uh, what, what are the expectations for Markel Fultz? How, how does he jump into uh, a more viable fantasy position? Because last year, even in starters minutes, he did have some problems, but you can see there are areas where you know a quick tweak here and there makes him a pretty good fantasy player. He's a guy that, in a lot of my mock draft shows that I've been doing, he always gets taken off me, and, and I, I'm not happy about it. I didn't realize I even drafted him in this draft, considering we did that yeah, a few weeks ago. So uh, I'm pretty happy to get him here. But the, the, the rationale is simple, Dan. Um, last year was his first season in the NBA, let's be honest. like He didn't play those mm-hmm. first two years. He played under 28 minutes a night. DJ August is not there. Steve Clifford, like if, if there's one coach who hates rookies equally... <laughs> to me. Uh, to it's Steve Clifford, right? So Cole Anthony's not coming in and playing 20 plus. Fultz is getting 30, minimum 30, 31, 32 a night. And even if everything else stays the same as what he did last year, if he doesn't improve his uh, three-point shooting or if his free throw rate and free throw percentage doesn't improve, then he'll, he'll still be a top 100 guy just by the fact of playing four to five extra minutes per night. So yeah, that's that's sort of where I'm, what I'm looking at here. Like, who is going to get an almost guaranteed increase? Oh, I just, who else? Who else is getting those minutes? It has to be him. Yeah, there's no. Um, they're not going to run Michael Carter Williams 24 minutes at point guard. There's, they see him as a two and a three. So it's going to be false. And again, this is not expecting any improvement. Just three or four extra minutes, and he uh, he beats that number from last year, and he he comes in here. And like, even if he averages 14 points and six assists. It's good value here because, again, like points with Colin Sexton last uh, round, you can't get assists at this point in the draft really that easily. So uh, I needed them and I got them. Yeah, this this is one of those guys where where I, I use my sort of mental bar in space. I look up in the sky and I see that bar and you're thinking, okay, well, worst case scenario for Malkrell is like, I don't know, 110, top 100, top 110. And the best case is he blows past 92 where you got him to – something like 60 or 75, and that's a reasonable chance to take as you get to this point in the draft. So uh, the logic the logic adds up. I actually like your ninth-round pick. I don't know. I feel like this is a fairly polarizing player, but we know that his upside is crazy. And, you know, we're around pick 100 now, 101, actually. We're looking at the real numbers here. Once you get to that range of a draft, you're looking for guys that can 
dramatically outperform their draft position. And frankly, there just aren't that many on the board that have done it before. And you have Hassan Whiteside at 101. The Kings seem just Kingsy enough to give him 25 or 26 minutes a night, which is probably dumb from a reality standpoint. But for fantasy, if he gets that many minutes, he's a top 50 guy. Well, as I say, you know this from uh, you know, talking to, to Aaron about what the Kings do. And you know they're going you know to make the wrong decision. Like It's simple as that. Rashawn Holmes is a better player than Hassan Whiteside. But Hassan Whiteside was the 20th ranked player in 30 minutes a game. So at pick 100, I don't think he's getting 30 minutes a game. If he gets 24 minutes a game, he smashes the top 100. He gets yeah. blocks. He gets rebounds. His field goal percentage is through the roof. His free throws were actually a little bit improved last year. And again, if they do the wrong thing and they say, well, we love you, Hassan. Sorry, we got rid of you eight years ago and they play him 28 minutes a night, then this probably wins a league for me, to be honest. Yeah, it's it's a it's a one with a tiny bit of risk, but so much upside. Uh, he should not be getting this low. Look, it, no, I don't yeah. even, if you don't like him, I hate him. I think he's a terrible player. I, I think he's absolutely horrible, but NBA teams don't agree. And the Kings, I also think they're terrible. So it's a match made in heaven. <laughs> so if they play him, and I get it. you can't let him go outside the top 100. And you know what? Even if they realize and go, you know what? Our two best centers are actually Holmes and Bagley, and we play him 10 minutes a night. I'm going to pick 100 here. I'll, yeah, see drop I'll just get someone off the wave. Who cares? Like, you drop your last four or five blokes anyway. Yeah, cast him off into the ocean. It's worth. It's a chance worth taking. And then we uh, – I only went 10 rounds in this draft, so this one I think is a round where everybody was like, all right, let me get some. let me get something interesting in here. And uh, your interesting was Tyler Hero, who – I mean, we saw it in the bubble. The dude has – serious NBA kind of star level potential. The question I think is probably, you know, when does he get to actually show it? Can he get the efficiency to a point where it, where it clicks for him? Uh, This is one where I'm going to leave it a more, a little more open-ended for you here. Talk to me a little bit about Tyler hero. What do you expect this year in terms of growth? Uh, You know, Miami is into this run it back mentality. Uh, It sure seems like he's just jumped way over Kendrick Nunn for any minutes at guard uh, outside of Butler and, and Goran Dragic. Is there enough for him? H- how does this season play out? Yeah, I'm looking back on it. I don't love this pick at, at this point, but I think I would have taken Killian Hayes, but he went a couple before me. Um, I think he starts, and, and you're right. Look, Kendrick Nunn's terrible, and hero. Kendrick Nunn, Dan, I don't know what you think. I think he's not even in the rotation this year, to be honest. He's their fifth guard because there's uh, there's Duncan Robinson, there's Goran Dragic, there's Tyler Hero, there's Avery Bradley. I don't know where Nunn fits in there. And it's not even including if you want to count Jimmy Butler as a guard. So I don't think Nunn's even yeah, going to play, to be honest, most nights. Um, yeah, I didn't love this pick of Hero. Uh, I think he's a little bit overrated. And I think his ADP is high on some sites. It's like 60 or 70 or, or rank on some sites, which is too high yeah, way too for high. me. And his efficiency is a problem at times. Um but yeah, look, he's going to get that opportunity. I think he probably starts. Uh, I think he gets some playmaking chances on the Heat, and that's yeah. At this point, again, we're sort of looking at this as a last round flyer scenario. I probably wouldn't have picked him if I have a look at who else went after. Um, no, I actually, would have, I would have picked him over everyone that went after him in, in this draft. But there's probably some other guys on the board I might may have chosen. But this is this is yeah. I actually feel okay in a lot of cases picking him here in a in a real draft. It's just it's not my favorite pick. Yeah, uh, he's at 116 here, so that's your uh, fifth to the end yeah, of the mark. Well, uh, let me rephrase that. I love it at 116. I think that there's... <laughs> no, yeah. yeah, might as well, because uh, kind of for the same reason you were talking about in the ninth round, guys, uh, these these dudes that get drafted in the 115 range in most fantasy drafts, well, well I mean, I don't know what the percentage is, but I got to think that like 60 to 70% of these guys get dropped pretty early in the year, too. 
Oh, yeah. Look, in round nine, maybe not as many, but it's really commonplace to have you know, your your squad of 13 players have only seven guys that you drafted on, excluding trades. Yep, agree. Um, all right, so that's the end of the mock. I do want to make sure that I let you unwrap the present. This is sort of like the, okay, you guys, you stuck with us for the mock breakdown. Not that this was a, was torturous for the listeners or anything, presenting that the wrong way. Just, but this is... Just for me. That's right. <laughs> this is the treat <laughs> at the end. Uh, give us... And you know that my quest to, to remove the word sleeper from the vernacular has failed. So give us a Josh Lloyd... Oh, hang on, hang on a second. Okay, why do you want to get that out of there? I'm, I'm into. I love. I love hearing people trying to change, uh, change terms and change standards. Let's go. So I'm, I'm in on this. I want to hear why you want to get rid of sleeper. So one of my problems, I think, in my quest is that I didn't provide a viable alternative. I had no. I had no suggestion for what to call it. I just don't yeah, feel like. Do I feel like, Yeah, I gotta have it. I gotta have my marketing straight. I gotta have a damn name for it. I just. I feel like no one's really asleep anymore. Don't we all kind of know everything at this point? Yeah, I feel. Like, I feel like that's the case. Yeah. So I don't know what to yeah, call yeah, it. Yeah. I got nothing on that end. So Up, I'm upside. diving back in. I failed. It's gonna be a upside something. Yeah, I, yeah. yeah. I'm not. I'm not totally in on sleeper. It's just such a common term. Um, but this completely diverts from uh, the point <laughs> of your, your question. No, I'm here. glad. I'm glad you let me try to explain myself so I could trip over my feet a little bit there. I. I. I it's for that reason, like you said, like an upside guy, like because everybody knows. Anybody that's playing relatively serious fantasy that's listening to this podcast or your podcast is pretty aware of like pretty much everyone ranked inside the top 150 on their draft board. So there aren't really guys that are asleep. It's just a different assessment of value. And that doesn't roll off the tongue like Sleeper does. So yes, I'll turn it back over to you. Give me the Josh Lloyd uh, upside value play that I yet to be named fun buzzword for. Well, Dan, because I like you so much, I'm, I'm going to do you do you a favor here. I'm going to give you two. Hell yeah! Um, uh, Darius Garland, I think, is absolutely someone I'm just taking with that last pick because Ooh. he's a starting point guard. He was trash last year. There was a lot of reasons why he was bad, but who cares? Like, who are you getting at the end? Am I taking Joe Harris with literally or Danny Green with literally zero upside, or am I taking a bloke that maybe is a top seventy player if everything goes right? So Darius Garland. But the one, if you want to talk guys who you might actually be asleep on. My man, Facundo Campazzo. I think there's a real chance that he is a starter for Denver. And even if he isn't and plays 24 minutes off the bench, because he can play next to Jamal Murray, he can play the two and the one. You're getting a guy that can maybe give you over a steal and five assists per game um, off a waiver wire or with a last pick. And if he does what I think he might do, uh, I think there's some value in Kampatsu. And literally no one's going to be targeting him apart from me. But he's a, he's a pretty common one that I, that I like to throw in, in my, as my last round pick. Holy hell. That is an actual sleeper. Because I don't even know how to spell that. Just, just call him Faku, which is just a, a great way of being able to almost swear. <laughs> but uh, being legit with the, with the name. Yes, we're not going to get a YouTube strike for it because we're actually talking about a guy's first name. Uh, that is F-A-C-U-N-D-O. Campazzo, C-A-M-P-A-Z-Z-O. That is, you know what? You can we can keep sleeper in the vernacular because yeah, uh, fully asleep on that dude. Uh, the great, the mighty Josh Lloyd. Thank you so much, my man. I always appreciate our, your visits on the pod. No worries, Dan. He is Josh Lloyd. He is Red Rock underscore B Ball on Twitter. You likely follow him already, but if you don't, you ought to do that right now. What a day, guys, huh? What an absolute blast 
in what, again, I think may very well be our biggest show of all time. Brew and Josh Lloyd on the same episode. Holy hell. Uh, check out our buddies over at manscaped.com. Promo code is HOOPBALL20 to get 20% off and free shipping on your manscaped.com order. That is the lawnmower, the trimmer. That's their full trimmer. Technically a sideburn trimmer. I know the way they market it, but you can use it on anything you want. I use it on my neck, for instance. My neck tends to be a little pinchy when I use it with a normal sideburn trimmer or a razor, so I use manscaped.com instead. They've got the weed whacker, ear and nose hair trimmer. I'll admit, I haven't used that one yet, but I bet it's freaking awesome. Uh, and the shears, that's really cool. The nail kit, that's something that I think all of us could use, especially here in a pandemic where, you know, we're all like uh, the the after the the before picture of somebody that hasn't really taken care of themselves this year uh they've got lotions they've got powders they've got swag you want manscaped t-shirts boxers whatever all of that you can get for 20 percent off and free shipping with promo code hoopball20 really great company to work with from our perspective as well so uh throw a little coin their way and get yourself something nice again a reminder here uh, hit me up on Twitter at Dan Bespris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. If you want to join a HoopBall League last call, if you want to be part of our DFS team, this is the recruiting pitch. Or if you just want to talk fantasy sports, that's the place to get in touch with me. Please drop a five-star review on the podcast. I beg of you. I work. We all uh, work so hard to get this thing out five days a week, and especially this time of year when there's so much going on. If you like the show, please, please, please find a way to put a five-star review on it. Whatever platform you're listening to it on, I will be forever grateful. And once again, a reminder, the Fantasy Pass is $4.99. This was Fantasy NBA Today, a whopper of a Friday. Have a wonderful weekend, everybody. Back with you on Monday. We're going to start going through some more data. We've got more data to go through. New Yahoo numbers, new mock results. Uh, we never actually went through this mock we're working on right now kind of straight through. And we also have more pod hits. we got Jonas Nader coming up uh, next week at some point. we got Scott Bogman. It's weird to call him by his first name. we got Bogman coming up at some point next week. Adam Stock will be on our show next week as well. Uh, Matt Smith of BBM, he'll be on our show next week as well. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, we're running out of days before the season starts. So, again, big thank you to Josh Lloyd. Big thank you to the Big Dog Brew. I am Dan Vespers. We'll talk to you guys on Monday. So long. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.